0: to the Tailoring Talk show with me your host Roberto Rivilla. I'm a bespoke tailor, menswear designer and owner of Roberto Rivilla London suit and shirt makers. This is the podcast where you drop in for the threads but often leave with something quite unexpected. I talk to self-starters and creators about their journeys, the highs and lows and the lessons they've learned along the way. If you haven't already, please support the show by subscribing. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please help me out by leaving a rating and a review. We kick off season five of the show with a two-part episode. I got to spend some quality time with two very special people, Paramjit and Bruce, A husband and wife team who founded the Crazy Gin Company after a drunken night in with a rubbish chicken tikka inspired them to take their Indian-British fusion upbringing and distill it into a gin. Part one is the story of how they met and how they started on their incredible journey and created the Crazy Gin brand from practically nothing and got their product into one of our most famous national retailers you're going to have so much fun with them i loved every second of editing this episode it was recorded outdoors in cold drop yards in king's cross london the perfect backdrop for some good food drink and fabulous conversation with two of the most delightful people without further ado here's part 1 of my conversation with bruce and paramjit the crazy sings So I have the absolute privilege of being in King's Cross on a wonderfully sunny but windy day in colddrops Yard, uh, which is actually a pretty cool place with two former residents, but that's not why they're here today. Um, they've come all the way down from the Midlands to be with me today to record this very special episode of Tailoring Talk. I'm with paramjit and bruce the crazy sings uh, owners of and founders i should say of the crazy gin company how are you both
1: really really good yeah we're excited to be here
0: um, so i'm uh, not gonna sort of deceive anyone this is, we haven't literally just got together we've actually been together for about an hour we've had uh, <laughs> we've had a bit of lunch we've
2: as well had a lot of food <laughs> we have had a lot of food
0: so, uh, we could do a little gener- generation game of what we ate. So, there was mackerel, there was. So, it was all kind of like little tapas, wasn't it? Which it was, was really
1: cool. yeah, it was Nice beef bavette.
2: Yes. Asparagus. Uh, kale. <laughs> Potatoes. <laughs>
0: yes. Potatoes. There was some steak. Uh,
2: what else did we a have? Cardboard. A lot of bread. Yes. With a butter.
0: Bread. A wedge of cheese.
2: Kimchi. Spicy. <laughs> Very
0: spicy. <laughs> that had a bit of a kick, didn't it?
2: I think we had some quince. I believe so, yes. Uh, a pate? Was it a mushroom pate?
0: It was mushroom, yeah.
2: And then what was the other one that was next to it with the oil in I'm, between?
0: I have no idea what that was, actually. I, I ate it, though. don't know it if it was meant to be like a chutney or something. I don't know if
2: it was like duck liver or, or, or parfait or, or... Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good.
0: Um, apple, and then it was salmon. Apple, <laughs> salmon, yeah. And uh, I think that was it, really. No, there was definitely more than that. But anyway, we had a good time, and I should give this place a shout-out, but we've got no idea where we are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's no sign or menu. No,
0: so I will make a note as I come out, but I highly recommend it if you're ever in the area. Um, and the service was excellent, so thank you to all the staff here. Um, so I'll, I'll give a shout-out to it in the show notes. Um, so anyway, we need, to, we need to talk about these two amazing people. So we've known each other for a little while now, but this is the first time that we've actually had the opportunity to spend some quality time together. And as I said earlier, I feel just amazingly privileged because I've been a big fan of yours from the moment I first saw your story. And so that's what I really want to do, kind of starting off, is to, so your husband and wife team, yep. uh, how did you, how did you meet?
2: We, uh, <laughs> we actually met on shardy.com yeah. i don't know if you know what that is
0: no that's like match.com for desis isn't it, it,
1: yeah, it yeah yeah, I, back in day, I, I was on my
2: two-week free trial and i was <laughs> i'm gonna hurry do i pay for this or not and then that's the Bruce, most desi
1: thing that you could do
2: <laughs> and bruce's profile popped up oh well, first one um, no, I, I can't. I have to be honest. No, it wasn't the first one.
0: <laughs> but was it before? Most importantly, was it before the end of your two-week free trial? Yes.
2: Yeah, so I got a bargain here. Result. There you go. No SEO.
0: <laughs> so a Shadi.com success story, but they didn't make any money out of it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's really, really nice. That's really wonderful.
2: Actually, that was before the days so of being able to stalk you on Instagram oh, or Facebook or any of that. It was just taking you on. Face value. It was. A, I was going to say it was an old-fashioned way to meet, but it wasn't an old-fashioned way to meet at all. No, no. There was no auntie involved in this one. Oh no, but it's,
1: it's still such a, a thing in two thousand and seven. Yes, it's such a stigma around it. Like you're on a like dating website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get any look any other way. Like you don't go to bars.
0: I know. I know a lot of couples that met on dating dating websites like match.com I've not met anyone that met on Tinder yet, though. So uh, anyone out there that's listening to this that uh, has got a story to tell, then uh, write into the show and who knows, we'll get you on. It'll be a weird episode.
2: I was going to say, what kind of stories are you (laughs) (laughs) asking? There'll be many stories out there. Yeah,
0: not the the throwaway (laughs) ones.
2: How did Um, you meet your partner?
0: We met in a bar in the West End. Um, So it's a much longer story and, and I... I'm desperately trying to keep my run of clean episodes on this podcast, so (laughs) I'm not going to go into full details. But it'd be a long day at work. I was on my way home. I said to my colleague as we were halfway down the, the stairs at Oxford Circus do you know what we're not going we're going to go and get a drink and it was a very busy Thursday night in the West End everywhere was packed we went to Ha Ha's in Great Titchfield Street which is now known as the Riding House Cafe
2: (laughs) Ha Ha I remember this yeah
0: and uh, I saw her through the window and said to my friend Craig I think that's the girl I'm going to marry so let's go drink in here oh wow wow (laughs) she uh, we eventually got onto her table (gasps) and uh, she wanted nothing to do with me as any respectable girl wouldn't so but your uh,
1: first line wasn't that you're the girl I'm going to marry was it
0: no it wasn't um I yeah the two of her friends um sort of gathered around me and uh but I just kept focused on her and they soon realized and one of her friends said do you want to f my friend and <laughs> I said and i actually I'm, I was pretty cool about it I said uh Eventually, But I think first what I'd like to do is take her out on a date. And if that goes well, take her out to dinner. And if that goes well, a few more dates. And then maybe a few months down the line, we'll get to that. Um, Which I thought was, even my friend thought was really, really smooth. Um, But then when I asked for her her number at the end of the evening, she basically told me to F off. Um, Right. So there we go. Um, To be continued. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, to be continued. Because the rest (laughs) of the story gets a bit kind of stalkery. So anyway, moving on. Um, so <laughs> it's, trust me, it's more embarrassing. There's no embarrassment to your story, but definitely, uh, definitely is, uh, there's a lot more to it. Maybe we'll save that for a late night X rated edition of the podcast. Um, so it involved a rubber chicken and a ram- rampant rabbit. Okay, um, okay, right, I d-
1: d- this right. podcast has to come out soon, I okay. guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sorry, where, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so how you met? Right, so, so before you got into gin, what were you both doing before?
2: I was working for the Metropolitan Police and um, as a project manager, I had graduated from uni, um, I had a degree in psychology and then I'd um, worked in retail, I'd worked in the court service and then I'd made my way... I, it was around about the same time as I met Bruce, I'd just passed... Um, my interview to get into the Metropolitan Police as a civilian and that's what I was doing so no background in food and drink other than I absolutely love eating and <laughs> drinking so this has been a perfect start um, for this podcast having all that lovely food
1: yeah brace. oh well yeah, I was that kind of person. I never wanted to leave university. So it was how many degrees could I do or courses? So you were Van yeah. Wilder, basically. You were yeah, like the Asian let, yeah. Van Wilder. Uh, not not so much a party. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I uh, came out of my final degree. Um, Once again, sports science. Realised it was a time uh, when, if you're an Asian, you do not get into sport back in 2004. Yeah, basically. I used to go to train with the... Uh, UK athletic team and it was funny because you get a lot of the sprinters would come over and they say yeah but this doesn't make sense I don't know what you mean they go well if you're white you normally the management <laughs> if you're black you're the trainer if you're brown like you are you the accountant and I was like no no <laughs> never, never got that course uh, but yeah no, I was in. I moved to London in 2006 and I was working for uh, I was contract for property companies and when I met Paramjit I was uh a facilities branch for universities and hospitals but yeah so i've been around a lot of food and drink just never actually doing anything with food and drink yeah and um so
0: where did the idea for crazy gin come about
2: a very drunken friday night it was It was never on our agenda to no, make a gin no. to make a drink we ordered a it's a friday after work and we inco-ed both and a, yeah. both wanted indian food Bruce's parents lived three and a half hours away, mine lived an hour away, and we were not making a journey to anyone's house for Indian <laughs> yes. food. It's a bit embarrassing. And we were like, just, On a order, night. A, just order a takeaway, we'll be fine. And we ordered the takeaway, and when it came, our heart sank because we didn't realise we'd ordered from this place before when the box arrived. And we were like, we'd never like the food from this place. So you open it up, and then it was that plastic container... <sighs> with the wilted coriander stuck oh, to it. And yeah. we, And we were just like, just wanted good mixed grill with the the barbecue, the charcoal, the flavours. And we were just...
1: Robbery chicken yes, is all I remember.
2: Something clicked. And we were like, I bet if you're not Indian, people think this is what we eat. And it just dawned on us, and then it just made us realise also about how many times we've eaten different cuisine, mm. and we might actually think this is Chinese food, this is Japanese food, and actually, it's not authentic at all. It's something that's been created for the Western palate. So we, I was drunk on De Serrano and Coke, and Bruce was on his bottle of red, red wine. wine, bottle, and- <laughs> mega pint. <we> should <laughs> oh. call it.
0: Yeah, I mean, who needs glasses, right? <laughs>
2: So we were just thinking about, growing up in the 80s, our parents used to make fusion food for us. That's the way they brought the British and the Indian culture together for us. So we were just talking about, do you remember, did your mum ever make Spam curry? And Bruce was like, yeah. And then we were talking about the good old...
0: Wait, 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 sorry to interrupt. Spam curry. We call it
2: Spam sabji. Yeah, yeah. it was a delicious... Sorry, with Spam. Oh, gosh.
1: Because growing up in the 80s, it was that thing, especially in the Midlands, and it's probably the same round of the parts of the country... Our parents had all work in factories and foundries, so meat was only ever for guests or the men. Right. So, children, you're kind of screwed on women, you got no choice. I forgot and about used to be that meat. era, that's what it was. Yeah, it was, and, and I remember growing up in, in Wolverhampton, it used to be um, about seven, eight of us living in a semi, uh, two, three bedroom, semi detached house, and it used to be hilarious because it's that thing where. One in seven houses had the telephone. Yeah. <laughs> One in two or three houses had a fridge. Yeah. And uh, the meat man used to come to the door, and you used to get your eggs to the door and everything. So it was always a luxury product. It was uh, that thing of if a guest comes, you have to make sure you got the meat. Yeah. Whereas if you're a child or a female, you're going to live on spam and tin meat.
0: It looks like we're going back to. Having to live on Spam
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, very, very soon. <laughs> right. It's gonna it's gonna be like uh posh spam now, it's gonna be all yeah. <laughs> you say that? Wow. Uh,
2: but when you look at the meat content of Spam compared to some of the oh, sausages yeah. people yeah. pick up from oh, the it's supermarket, higher, yeah. it's yeah. so much higher. But I think it maybe it's a marketing branding thing that Spam does have this um It's, it's meat got meat a shelf Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, you know, it all kind of started back, uh, yeah, we were reminiscing about growing up having the Spam Savjee's or the full Indian English, which always used to be the eclectic uh, spicy baked beans, eggs, whichever way you want them, and then the random sp- fritters of Spam, fish fingers and sausages. It was anything <laughs> it was that everything. was in the freezer,
2: got put into the grill and off you go. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, and it kind of kicked off that mind of, uh, of us thinking, um, well, parents always experimented with food. Now it's called fusion. Back then it was literally food. Yeah. And they'd always say, you're you're born here, you're British, but we'll teach you culture through spices. And we're like, so they were really good at doing it with food, but they never did it with drink. We're drunk. (laughs) What if we won that Euro Millions ticket where it's rolled over about 10 times with the only winner, so money's not an issue? Where would we begin? And that's where it all kind of started. And it was also off the back of MasterChef Australia Heston Week. So, yeah,
2: heads are all over the place. Thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, where, where do we start? That's one thing. Before we started gin, we, we were either eating or we were <laughs> thinking about food or we were making food. Our life honestly revolved around food. We'd come back from work, we'd make some food, then we'd sit down to watch other people make food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we'd, yeah, it, it really did revolve around that. So we were just like, I think at that point we'd gone full circle as well in the sense of growing up for us And I wonder if it's the same for a lot of people listening to this. It was hard to try to fit into your surroundings because we were first-generation British Indians. I went to a Church of England school for my secondary school. And you want to fit in. And when you're growing up, you just want to be like your friends. And I wasn't like my friends. On a Friday night, they'd all go to the pub. And no matter how much I begged my mum, I wanted to go to the pub, it just was not the done thing for Paramjit at the age of 16 to be going down to... the. And it, it, it was the biggest taboo. Subject, I don't even know why I started talking about this. No, it's
0: okay. But, you know, I can totally identify with that as well. And, you know, I I tell people my life was actually quite sheltered. And usually it's a joke in relation to they've been talking about something, you know, pub, bar, drinks, whatever. And I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And they think (laughs) I'm joking. And I'm like, no, seriously, I had a very sheltered upbringing. And they don't get it. They just think I'm being funny. But it's so true. I was watching um, the first episode of Miss Marvel on Disney Plus last night. Which is Marvel's first Muslim or Asian origin superhero. And it's very much like Never Have I Ever, which was on Netflix, which was written by Mindy Kaling, uh, which again is a really, it's so identifiable for people like us that grew up during the 80s. We weren't allowed to go out with all of our English friends, basically, no, no, no. you know, for fear that we would come back drunk, be led astray. our heritage forget our roots and turn white which is never gonna
2: happen
0: (laughs) whilst they're rubbing
1: on fair and lovely (laughs) yes
2: the irony the irony oh i know why i was talking about this we'd got to a point where we were at a stage in our life where we were proud to be british indian we didn't want to blend into the background Mm. of a different culture we were proud of our identity so we were just thinking if we could create a british indian drink And it truly represented us and celebrated us and our journey. And to show people, when you're Indian and you're first generation, you know what's going on. But when you're not part of that circle, it's a different world. Just like other other people's journeys, if I went into their world, I'd be like, oh, this is how you were brought up and this is how you lived. I I knew I was none the wiser, but for them, it's normal. So how do we, through a drink, showcase all of that? And we were thinking about what could we show. We were thinking about tea, and then we were like, no. And then both of us, I think we were more or less at the same time, we were like, let's see.
1: Yeah, because a big thing was, it's no point saying, oh, let's make an Indian drink. What does that mean? India's huge. Like, in Punjab, our villages, our parents' villages, are not, what, about an hour apart? But we'll say different things. Oh, when Every we got married, I'd yeah. say, I
2: don't understand what your grandma's saying. She's just saying something scorny. What does that mean? And it's like, he's, she's saying it's not, it's not very nice. Like, don't do things yeah. this way. Do them this way. Or even the word blanket. We yeah. will call them both different things. And I'm just like, and we're both Punjabis. We're both Sikhs. And we're, like Bruce said, the villages. At most, in a car, is an hour away from each other. So it's just about... It was. This is our journey. We're not. It, I th- we're not going to do the whole tokenism thing of we represent India and we represent. This is the first generation journey of both of us, and we were like lussi both
1: of our- us. It, it, it came down to because it's been Punjabi. You thought, what's the one thing that we know and we've been brought up with? It's been Punjabi, so you got the North Indian element, and we were like, okay. So what is the most Punjabi thing we could think of? And we started thinking about grandparents. Yes. And then we came straight to. Lusty, it's just yogurt, (laughs) yogurt, bit of water, flavor it however you want. And that, that was the first element that we kind of went with. And even
2: on a Sunday, like, I love a roast dinner, but growing up, it was a parata. On a Sunday, my mum would make oh, a parata. Oh, God, yes. And th- that Not cup doing of tea, after that. Yeah. Mm. But Comer. then she still would have a cup of lussies. Yeah. And then because our grandparents didn't drink alcohol for them, and, and they were farmers, so they had the cattle. They had, they had all of the things to be able to make it at ho- home. We were like, now, I'm just thinking, we're talking to you about it. Look how much we've told you about our journey. And that's what we wanted the drink to do. So we were like, imagine if we started off with a lassi and then being Heston wheat, we were just thinking about spices and what we brought, been brought up with. And then we started thinking of a torka, which is like the basis of any dish, Punjabi dish, that our parents would make. And we were like turmeric and coriander and black pepper and all of those things. That's what we'd put in there. But then we were both like, that's Indian. That doesn't tell you that we're British and we're British Indian because when we've gone back to India growing up, we're never. I've never been made to feel as if I'm Indian. I've always been made to feel you're a foreigner, you're British. And over here, growing up, I've never been made to feel I'm British or I'm English. And I think our diversity tick box says a lot about that as well. You can't just tick one, what are you, British? Yeah. And then how many subcategories do we have that we need to fit into to be under, under there? Exactly. So it was about what, how do we show we're British Indian? And then we were like we're drunk our grandparents didn't drink lassi is a non-alcoholic drink wouldn't it be amazing if we could put our spin on it and turn it into alcohol
1: and then we started thinking well okay well what's the most British thing we could think of for a spirit and we thought oh gin great let's yeah. chuck that in as well yeah. so it literally was an, uh, you know, a bit of uh, a bit of
0: empire going in there as well <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> before he gets taken off us uh, but yeah so we put the gin uh, and then we thought well we wanted depth of flavor to it because when you think of indian food you think of depth of flavor so we thought well let's add some black cumin that's that kind of floral note and jeera. that's all it is and it, yeah. again it's another ingredient that we use and then we wanted a bit of sweetness so we thought well let's add some pomegranate yeah.
0: Yeah, but Hang on a minute, because we're, we're, I'm still back in that living room or whatever where you're with this disappointing takeaway and you decide that this is what you, you know, let's come up with the gin, right? That represents our heritage, tells our story and so on, which I think is so wonderful. I'm not a gin person. I'm just going to say this for the listener's benefit as well. Although a couple of weeks ago at someone's 40th, you'd have thought I was, a, there was no Hendrix left in that bar. Um but I'm not a gin person. Like, one of the worst things that has ever happened to me is going to someone's birthday and they had a bar set up and I was like, oh, but do you have any wine? And much even more, my wife, I will be open to trying things, but Carolina is like, does not do gin whatsoever. And they said, no, we've got the bar set up and the guy only does gin so if you want a soft drink go in the kitchen and find something but
1: <laughs> wow.
0: and we've gone all the way up to Warwick Mikey if you're listening to this I'm so sorry <laughs> we were so happy to see you and the roast the, the beef that you did that night for everybody was absolutely amazing but yeah just try some wine next time please <laughs> um and I can't remember what I'm talking about now anyway we've sorry we've
2: not had any drink by the way no we haven't actually we've just been on As still water so yeah. far yeah
0: not yet um but no, sorry, but the fact that your your story, you're trying to tell your story through your product makes me, now I really, really want to try the damn thing. And I've had two sample bottles sitting at home for the last three or four weeks. Um, but that makes it very, very special. So you sort of look at each other in your drunken haze and like, yeah, okay, this is what we're going to do. But it then, wasn't
2: what we were going to do oh. at that stage. No, no, it was, this is
1: just an idea. This was, it was just, just an idea, an
2: idea because I, th- I don't know something within us. I, I, I think it was spending money and not getting your money's worth, being really disappointed, and then having that light bulb moment. We know this is not what we eat. We know the standard of Indian food is so much better than this. But I wonder how many people think this is the this is the best of it, and it's not the best of
0: it. No, you know, when we first moved to Mill Hill, um, Carolina had already had a trip booked, so she she was abroad and I moved us into that house. And um, I think I asked someone who lived locally for restaurant recommendations, and I was like, do you know what, I fancy Indian food. And so... They said, oh, you know, go to Day of the Raj. It's like the jewel of Mill Hill. It's the best Indian food in northwest London. Okay, no problem. Ordered, delivered. I didn't even need to taste it. I took the lid off the first thing and I was like, this doesn't even smell like the real thing. And then I took a bite and then I threw the whole lot in the bin and I was like, this isn't Indian food and it was so disappointing and what's what's obviously happened in different regions of the country and so on is that recipes have been diluted and adjusted to suit the local palate and i think that is so wrong i really really do um you know i think subtle adjustments are fair enough because obviously you know if you've got an indigenous population that can't handle heat then you know that's one example where you might adjust your your flavorings and so on. But to go to that extent where to someone who's got, like in my case, Indian and Punjabi heritage grew up eating this stuff to have that bad a reaction to it. Mm. And so, um, again, why am I going off on a tangent on this? But it was so, it was it's just disappointing. so, so disappointing. Yep. It really was. So, uh, I remember what then happened is that our, um, our, our, our handy guy, Jit he uh he was doing all the kind of lamps and stuff at the house and so on and so I was telling him what happened and Jit's proper you know Punjabi Sikh all the rest of it so I said to him so Jit where like where do you go for curry right because I said they recommended that place and it was absolute garbage and he goes well just go Pot Lane it, Kenton and I was like what he's like yeah Kenton Queensbury just go up there and I was like oh man why didn't I not think of that so, so that's basically where we will hang out now when we want Indian food because that is where all the authentic. It's probably because all the Indians live around there as well. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry. So, yeah. I, I from a consumer point of view, I totally get what you're trying to what you're trying to say there. I,
1: th- I think a big catalyst on that that drunk on Friday night was watching MasterChef Australia. They were doing a week where it was about Indigenous products, and the fact is, they were so proud. And it's like this was grown here, locally sourced. <clears throat> it's not something you can get anywhere else. And they were so proud about the the kind of locality of the uh, ingredients. And we're like, listen to that pride. Look at what I'm looking at. And
2: they were pushing boundaries, <laughs> yes. was it? It wasn't a case of we've got one sauce. What do you want? Do you want chicken? Do you want lamb? Do you yeah. want rolls? Do you want tofu? Do you want? a sauce. What do
1: you want? I'll chuck it in the No, no, mouth. no.
2: It's that. It's that. It's that pride. Yeah. It, it, it is that pride. And and I think now, looking back, the climate for food and drink has changed a lot because there's so many places popping up where they will only do sometimes Mm. just one thing Mm. and they do it to the best of their ability and they're not tweaking it, they're not tailoring it for anyone because this is what it is and this is what it tastes like and and it's okay not everyone's going to like everything let's grow yeah. up a little bit on that as well we don't have to all like everything cuz some things i'm going to really enjoy and other things i'm not going to enjoy as much
0: yeah niching down is something that is talked about quite a lot nowadays when you listen to business podcasts and so on and so forth it's kind of trying to pick the things that you do the best or you can do to the best of your ability and just stick to them don't worry about doing anything else and you're not going to get everybody but no. you know we don't necessarily want everybody
1: I, th- I think a key example is Chinese food. Years ago, it was just Chinese food. It could have been anything, Vietnamese, Thai, this. It would have been classed as Chinese food. But now, it's broken down into countries. And then those countries are broken down into regions. And those regions are broken down into dishes. And like I said, niching down. But Indian food doesn't really happen as much. But yeah, so that's kind of where the uh, the whole... Drunken idea came from, and yeah. then we went to sleep. Yeah, but, but I did wake up hungover the next day. Uh, I went down the rabbit hole, like I like, that tends to happen with me after a few drinks, and um, I just was like, oh, I really hope somebody's made this because I will buy it right now. I must have spent God knows how many hours on that fr- uh, on that Saturday looking for it, and I couldn't find it. And then, strange, I came across somebody. I, I did think to myself. I can't get it because no one can make it. Yeah. damn it, there goes that idea. And I thought, well, hold on, let me keep going down this hole. And I came across uh, somebody who did a cream gin. And they happened to be distillers. So, I thought, in my drunk, well, my hangover, I thought, I'm going to send them an email. I didn't discuss it with Baruch at all. I thought, hey, do you know what? Let's, let's ask them. A, is this possible? And B, can you make it? And uh, on the message uh, back on the Monday, I think, and they said, yeah, it can be done. You need lab equipment and we can make it for you. And that's kind of where we just looked at each other and thought,
0: hmm. <laughs> Could be an idea. Could be, be a business. Idea.
2: Let's go and give it a give it a go. Yeah.
1: yeah. So when
0: so a lot of people who've got kind of quote unquote stable jobs and incomes and then have an idea, then don't act on it or take it forward because they're obviously scared of taking the risk. And then you get the risk-takers, like us, who basically say, do you know what, hang it. Where, wh- how long did it take and where was the moment where you, were go- you kind of looked at each other and you said, do you know what, I'm not having fun doing what I'm doing. This is something that I think we can really do. Let's give it a go.
2: So I think I am falling into the other camp. This is where our relationship's quite interesting. I'm quite risk-averse, whereas Bruce, you, you're very much, let's just give it a go which we need a little bit of but I'm trying to let go but I think what had happened around about the same period we lost Bruce's dad to MND and I'd only known him thank you I'd only known him for a couple of years and he used to be the life and soul of the party if you ever went to a a gathering if there's a crowd of people (laughs) Bruce's dad is in the middle of it
1: yeah telling the jokes and just bringing everyone together yeah and I think he was your typical Asian dad where he'd be um when I retire, because we'd always say to him, Dad, why'd you only ever travel to India twice a year? That's it. You know, there's other places in the world, He's like, oh, don't you tell me what to do. Listen, when I retire, I'm spending six months in India, six months here, and I've done my job. You yeah, guys saw I'm myself. Happy. The day that he retired, well, about a week after he we retired, he wasn't well and he was diagnosed with MND. Mm. And within six months he passed away. And this is somebody who used to wake up every morning, work out, Right bike ride but ironically he was told you can't work out because that the, meant the whole issue with it is the more you stimulate your muscles for growth it can't regenerate yeah. so you actually break itself down so when he passed away within six months it literally had that effect of us thinking I can't I don't want to be in my dad's position thinking if only
2: I think it was deeper for us because he'd gone out, he was told, you've not got long, do what you want to do, and he was adamant, he wanted to go back to India and see his dad, who was still alive at that point, and his sister. And he wanted to go there and he didn't care about anything else. So he went out there and he was supposed to come back with our sister-in-law back to England. And dad being dad was like, nah, I'm going to extend it, I'm not coming back. And then literally within a a week I think yeah. it was, we got a phone call to say he's gone into hospital he doesn't want to be yeah. in India anymore someone needs to bring him back and Since he wanted to just run out, run out. And we, yeah. so my brother-in-law and sister-in-law couldn't go my, um, um, my Mom, mom couldn't it. go yep. so we got our emergency visas and we went out to India and both of us, the only time we'd gone out to India was with our parents mm. so you feel a little bit sheltered and all of a sudden it was completely different because we were the responsible adults and we were responsible for bringing him back home but then it's it's a parent and it's well more, more so i'd only known him but a couple of years the whole was,
1: plan was just to get out there we went get on it, Thursday yeah pick him
2: up we'll back, back.
1: I mean called I mean I was contracting so no time uh, you, you're not coming in here getting paid but also it's that time of well in the property industry you can't just afford to take time off because they'll get someone else. Yeah. So I said to him, "We're going out Thursday. Come I should be someday. back by the Monday." As yep. soon as he got there, he just deteriorated and deteriorated, uh, and he just turned to this big, long, drawn-out thing where we were stuck out there for four weeks. Yeah. Ironically, I almost became an overstayer of my visa in India. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been cheaper just to kick me out. But yeah. But I think that whole journey—it was a lot. When you think we only got there for two days, about three, four days, mm. you ain't got. Three, four days worth of clothes, and you're stuck out there, literally sleeping on the floors of hospitals. And then you're thinking, there's so much money in India. Why am I sleeping on the floor here? What's going on?
2: And it's a system we didn't know. It's a different culture we don't know. And I think every country works differently. And when you, well, not just every country. You come to London, there's a different vibe. You go to the Midlands, it's a different vibe. Things work a different way. And when you're local, you understand it. And when you're an outsider you don't and Hence as soon as the
0: local knowledge right yes yep, yep.
2: and as soon as people know that you're from abroad and you're from England automatically you're thinking you are going to get jacked yeah. that was the other thing sitting yeah. there being female it was little things like couldn't even go to the toilet down the road I had to take someone with me because you're always worried but the thing I will always remember dad went from being in the centre of of a party to lying in a room in a bed and he couldn't even scratch an itch and I was just like, when you go, you go on your own. No one knows when that time's coming, Coming, how we're going to go. Yep. But you're left with your own thoughts at that last moment. And I don't want to be sitting there having regrets, thinking if only I could have done this. If we're going to do something, we need to do it on our terms. We're never going to please everyone. We just need to know, did we live the life that we've got to the best of our ability? and on our terms and we got to that thing of if someone can make this gin for us we've got full time jobs let's give it a go What? Mm. and I think it was that calculated thing of what's the worst that's going to happen and if we broke it all down it would be we would invest some money if it doesn't work we would lose that investment but we would carry on working and we would build, keep building it up yeah. it's, we've still got a roof over our head we've got clothes on our back and we've got food We still had
1: our jobs and I think the other side of it was if you're going to make something make it bloody good yeah like, give a damn about it. Not like that. That curry, who's such a catalyst, it still sits in my mind. Yeah. It's like for you to ex- I'm from the Midlands, so getting a mixed grill should be easy.
0: Yeah, it should be. That
1: mixed grill, yeah. and I'm not going to say what the places or describe the box because everyone figure it out. <laughs> but um, it, it it just sat in my mind thinking, oh no that, that you should be ashamed of yourselves for that. But yeah, so we kind of with with what happened, with my father. It was that case of, do you know what? Let's give this a shot. What's the worst that's gonna happen? All right, we lose money, but we still got ourselves. But at least we can say we tried. Yeah. Not that if only.
0: Yeah, but sometimes it takes, I mean, it's obviously awful, but sometimes it takes a tragedy to yeah. be the catalyst that propels us to action, right? Mm. Um, I mean I started my business just out of frustration more than anything because I was working for other people and I was just like that you guys are charging more and more every single year and the product's getting worse and worse and I just can't do this to my customers anymore so I'm going to go do this myself. I think also because my dad worked for himself, my grandfather bought his business over from India back in the day and I grew up within that environment so it was probably always that I was going to go work for myself because I'd had it drummed into me that you know why you working for Gore and letting them tell you what to do I think now particularly the last five years when I jump into things because I relate to Bruce because I imagine if we were in a plane and it was you know he was like you're going to jump out of this plane guys Paramjit would be checking the parachutes and everything (laughs) me and you would have probably already jumped out and halfway down I'd be like Bruce you haven't got a parachute and you'd be like Bobby you haven't even I'm like yeah I didn't think about that yeah, we need to figure this out <laughs> <Yeah>. now
1: <laughs> I see someone down there, let's get to them yes. yeah. um,
0: and you know after I had my accident in 2017 again, another long story which is not for this podcast or this episode because you're the focus but uh, basically I was on my Vespa stopped to let people cross the road and a lorry came straight through the back of me and mm. almost crushed me to death so that suddenly puts life into perspective because as you quite yeah. rightly said we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know when our when our ticket's going to get punched. So, And in those last moments, before we do go, do you want to have your head filled with regret or do you want to at least be able to say to yourself, do you know what, I'm really glad that I did and that I lived the life that blah, blah, blah. So um, so I can totally relate to that.
2: I think it's being authentic to yourself and living... Yeah, that it's that authenticity.
1: I think we also did look at each other and... Um, that rant that we had each other about growing up and all those different things and also that that side of being embarrassed i mean we all remember opening up the freezer door at home thinking ah yes we got some ice cream no you haven't that's a doll in there or something like that or your mom's packed your lunchbox and you go to school and you open it and it's a smell it's like the reverse of the effect of the bacon advert where everyone smells the bacon gets all excited was like the repellent yeah. <laughs> version of that but it was that embarrassing uh, element that we had but now we were like nah we're proud of that and we grew up with that that is our culture Yeah. so let's do that with a bit of pride and have some fun with it as well yeah. so I think that's a key thing it can get really serious but we were like the initial idea was just to have fun yeah and take that culture and normally alcohol helps you have some fun so we were like how do we add that to the alcohol
0: so you have the idea yep you then went and found someone that could actually make it for you or help you to make it now you've got to launch the company and come up with a name (laughs) so how did you how did you come up with the crazy gin company
1: so that one was uh, literally, we had this idea and we'd already instructed these people to make it. We hadn't told anyone in the family. Then I told my brother and he was like, oh, do you know what? Because it used a similar mindset. He's very risk adverse like Paramjit, but he was a case of, do you know what? Give it a shot. Yeah, he, he was like, look, you're an adult. You would have calculated what it is. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Good luck. I'm, I'm rooting for you. Uh, opposite, polar opposite with my mom. I uh, told her there was many words that she said in Punjabi, I won't repeat them. <laughs> Quite offensive.
0: You can, don't worry. <laughs> no one listening to this podcast will understand.
1: Uh, she told me that before. Yeah, man. I would have got to go tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, she, she, she turned around and yeah. said, Are you crazy? Are you you're like, mental? Like, we're like, Bagal means crazy. That's a pretty decent name, you know. Like Thanks, Mom. Yeah, it's like, cheers! <laughs> i gonna really stick that on the bottle. Um,
2: and that, that's where the name came from. It's this conveyor belt of life. I think we were, we were quite philosophical at the time, especially with Bruce's dad passing. And we were just like, so many people do their nine till five and they'll complain and they look forward to the weekend. Now, are they crazy? Are they the crazy ones? doing something that brings them misery, it might bring them the paycheck but they're not fulfilled, they're not satisfied or are we the ones that are crazy, that are going to try to do something on our terms that will bring us joy, that will bring us fulfilment and for us it wasn't something to be ashamed of crazy was just like you're the ones that are daring to, to, to go for it. Some people will see you crazy, but you need those people. Otherwise, the world would be a very boring place. Extremely. It will be same old, same, same old. I'm looking at all of the things around us. Or someone? People used to sit on the floor once upon a time. Did someone who ever invented the chair think, what do you need a bloody chair for? You're perfectly fine. You can sit on the floor. Yeah. A table to eat on. The sunglasses you're wearing. The sh- someone came up with this, and that always fascinates me. When we walk around whether it's a bridge or this wall someone thought about putting together bricks, the water if we stack it, it's fascinating if we have, look at um, the world I have us. a friend
0: and client of mine, David Viana and uh, so he, I and uh, another client and very good friend of mine Daryl Cornelius we started this kind of little club that we used to do and every month we would pick each one of us would take it in turn to pick a different restaurant usually a Michelin star one and uh, and then go and eat, right? Just to try different places out and spend time together, just like three guys away from the other halves and all of that. Eventually, the other half started to join in. So then, it, <laughs> if they're listening to this, it was it made it even better. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but you know what, David David used to do. He he used to sort of after a few drinks, he'd go into these funny little kind of um, monologues or whatever about you know. Um, just anything right like uh i don't know black cod you know who at some point no or or scallops right scallops are really unusual little things right who at some point someone was sitting on a beach (laughs) and came across this creature and thought "Mm, if i just put a little bit of lemon on it and maybe do a bit of this and then and then stick it in my mouth it will taste great right and someone must have thought (laughs) freaking crazy like you were talking about not growing up earlier you know having fish as a thing and I'm the same as you you know when my wife first met me she thought I was freaking mental or something because we went to a restaurant she orders a whole sea bass and proceeds to literally eat this fish from tail to head head last and then get into the head like save the head for the last because it's a delicacy eat the cheeks eat the eyes and everything and I, yeah, exactly. The reaction—not a
2: celebrity, but get me out of here. You know, if I
0: didn't fancy her so much, I would have just walked out. But I sat through it. And but to her, it's natural because that's what you know. They don't in Spain. They don't feed kids baby food like that millipus yes. stuff. And someone doesn't yes. exist. Yes.
1: thank you. They just you. feed
0: them what the grown-ups are eating. Yeah. They might mash it up a bit if the kids yes. haven't got teeth. But that's what the kids eat. They eat what everybody else eats. And so. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. So, um, <laughs> but at some point, right? Someone took a fish out the sea and said, "Maybe I can stick this on and a grill and eat ugly it." If
2: we think about it. Horrifying <laughs> to look at, right?
0: <laughs> and thought that was a really good idea, and everyone around them thought that was freaking crazy, and then the whole industry was born out of it. Whoever invented the wheel, right? You know. Presumably, they were using squares before, but someone obviously <laughs> said, if I just smooth the edges of this thing out, and everyone might have said to him, I mean, are you crazy, Jeff, or whatever the caveman's <laughs> name is? Caveman <laughs> right? Jeff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, if I just smooth the edges out, then it will be easier to well, roll there.
2: and horse and carriage and cars. And you, you need people you need to think differently, the innovators.
0: Elon Musk is probably one of the greatest examples and Steve Jobs in recent yeah, yeah. years as well, you know, when he, when, he, when he had the iPhone and the iPod, a million songs in your pocket or whatever it was, a thousand mm. songs in your pocket. You, I mean, you need a bit of crazy, right? You, you need do. people who are going to think differently and, and kind of take those, those chances and those, those risks. Um, so you know, well done both of you for for putting your feet forward and and going for it. So the the logo, I'm going to put this up on the Instagram page. Actually, <laughs> I absolutely love because I'm into my cats and into my big cats and so on. But it's a lion wearing what looks like sunglasses okay. or spectacles. No, so is it got... meant to be you? Because yeah,
1: well, okay. So there's a couple. There's a few different logos. We probably have confused people. So Sorry. what we have is. Um, the first the, the actual gin itself. Have I just
0: distilled the brand. In no, it. no, did
1: no, you no get uh, that, he didn't get that just, joke, Yes, I did, I did, nah. I did, I did, I did. Sorry. Uh, I, was, I was in serious mode there.
0: Too early. How dare you
1: I only had a <laughs> gin, yeah? That's what
2: it is.
0: We were friends up until five seconds ago.
1: <laughs> no, so we launched a gin and uh, so we had the name, we had the liquid, we chose a nice dark bottle because thought oh, wouldn't it be cool to mess with people's head? There's yogurt mm. in the gin, there's this turmeric where it looks like water. So let's pour it in a dark bottle so you can't see that it's clear. So it's got you guessing. There has to be that element of yeah, it's a little bit of mystery, suspense. You pour it, there's a bit of theatrics. Um, But we thought, what the hell is it supposed to look like? I uh, kid you not. I used to work in um, Knightsbridge, so I'd spend lunchtime going out to. Harvey Nichols, Harrods, we popped to local Tesco's, the Sainsbury's, the Waitrose, the John Lewis.
2: Whiskey oh, exchange. Whiskey
1: exchange. Mm-hmm. We were looking at all these amazing labels. There's multicoloured labels, there's special cutouts, there's different textures, there's reflective. There's th- I just went back, Googled it, spoke to a couple of people, and I said to Prime put the phone down. Yeah, that's not happening. It's like, my gosh, that is expensive. And we were like, okay. So, and this is where things... The positives came out of having um, a lack of funds. You become more creative. Yeah, cool. So I was like, okay, what is the most luxurious things that I could think of when, I, when it comes to wine? It's the paper on the label. It's that nice texture. So let's get a textured paper. The only thing we can afford is two-tone, like literally black on white. That's yeah. about all we're affording. So we thought, like, how do we make that look cool? And then Pramjit said, well, why don't you put your glasses on the bottle? But that's cool because we always want to turn Crazy gin almost like uh, the inspiration from uh, Jack Daniels. Yeah. Whether you drink Jack Daniels or not, most people know Gentleman Jack. Especially on the tube, you have those awesome stories that they have about him. it's a it's, yeah. a it's a character. Yeah. So why can't we turn Crazy into a character? So he's got glasses and then perhaps let's put a beard on the bottle. Right. So the first draft that came back. Uh, Paramjit took one look and said why is it look like there's a dog on the bottle I <laughs> said so like how'd you get much. a dog and I looked and I thought oh you're right yeah no, no 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 we can't do that so we went with a moustache so the whole purpose of the bottle is to look like a face so that's the character Crazy Jim Um, but the glasses
2: you're right Bobby are Bruce's because it's our journey it was full credit we had a drunken idea but Bruce was the one that pursued it you're the one that did the research to see can it be done and made the phone calls and we just needed that to come across this isn't owned by multi-millionaires and it's part of a bigger brand These well, are contract two...
1: distilled in big quantities and we just white label it no no no, no, no. no it has the, to be our journey yes this is our journey uh, and, and and so that was the initial label uh, the label Bobby's talking about at the moment is the line because I call myself the crazy sing and it's only because on Instagram I could not get crazy gin that's a like card game and someone took that long time yeah. ago so we went with the crazy sing and sing meaning line we thought hey why don't we make a logo with a line with glasses and that's my That'll, that'll be representing myself so I'm the crazy thing, and uh, the crazy, and core. crazy core and we just got to wait for the logo to be done for that one so there'll be a, a story built around it yeah so uh,
0: remember that everybody so on Instagram you find these two you've got the crazy sing and the crazy core and the crazy core is Paramjit and the crazy sing is Bruce because I didn't know that for a very long time <laughs> so I used to keep my they used to direct message well they still do Direct. we used to direct message each other all the time but I didn't know which one I was talking to, and I didn't have the guts just to say, sorry, which one is this? Aww. And so what I used to do is keep all my messages very gender neutral.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't put, like, little, you know, X's you know, which is what I would do for oh, Perimjit now. It. <laughs>
1: um,
0: you get a double cross.
1: Nice. <laughs> no, I don't know.
0: So uh, anyway, there, yeah, there we go. I'll have all of their Instagram stuff in the in the show notes. Anyway, but yeah, no, that's really cool. I mean, I I pick up on the glasses straight away because when you've got the logo on your shoulder there, on your hoodie, and then you, but it does mean that you can't experiment with spectacles now. You'd no, have to change no it's, the branding it's, again yeah,
1: yeah. It's, uh, believe me, it's hard enough to get spectacles as it is, so it's like yeah, but we'll stick with this. Our
2: three and a half year old likes to um, bend them, and oh um, yes God. the arguments God. these two have over those I say, listen,
1: <laughs> sign, I can only afford one pair. Can you stop bending them? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, and uh, so we had the logo and everything. Um, and actually, the next stage of that was when a, a family would laugh and say, Who's going to stock it? Your corner shop. Because their view was look, actually, there was a fair few people in the family They were like, Business people are born, it's genetic, and it's also luck. I said, oh, really? So why did you also sell, uh, get excited when your friends would send their children to uh, business studies? Yeah. I was like, I thought they born, eh, got it. Why are you sending them there?
2: It's a mindset, which I'd never come across before. I didn't know people think that you you can't become a, a, a business person. You're it's either born blood. or you're not. And if you're not, which is the majority of you, get on the conveyor belt and work and get on with it. Get married, have children, Get a house. I don't know which order this is. going well, They say that about
0: um, salespeople as well, because for all intents and purposes, that's what I, I mean. I guess that's what all of us are. But you know, they say um, you know, sales can't be taught. You're either born a salesperson or you're not. And I disagree with that. I think oh. everybody's born a salesperson. Any child, right? That what? Do, what does a three-year-old do in a supermarket when it asks for an ice cream and you say no?
2: <laughs> it's pitching.
0: What does it do?
1: Like it throws it itself it? on the yeah, yeah. floor a tantrum, is right? a Tantrums Negotiates It's a the negotiation it. so That's all the
0: negotiation <laughs> And then what happens is You say If you get up off the floor <laughs> yes. right, And you stop crying and screaming And embarrassing me And you be a good boy or girl I will get you an ice cream
1: get up now right. okay Zorro's not listening <laughs> to this podcast okay because he's going to take that advice and just fall on the floor
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, but we're, Bruce read a book a while ago and, and you I don't know who it was by and they said we are always selling something we are whether it's selling going for a to, coffee do you want to come for a coffee do you want to go to the cinema you were selling your um, who's now your, your is it your wife or your partner yeah, Your my wife, wife. Do you want to go for a drink for me? Do you want to go with a drink with me? Yeah, but when you're walking down no the bit, circus yeah. steps... Ah, <laughs> oh, but you're you a salesman, you did not you're stop se- there. <laughs> there you go, We're I always her, yeah.
1: pitching. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's that thing of, it's personality. And people buy people. Like, the number of salespeople that you have pitching you where there's no dance, there's no introduction, it's literally sale. It's like, no, that doesn't work. But no. it, it's that thing, I think we all have it in ourselves to kind of just but buy personality. You know,
0: your, your, your mum basically was selling you when she said are you crazy
1: oh massively right? yeah, yeah. trying to
0: sell you out of it yeah. <laughs> exactly. so everybody yeah. so everything yes. we do it's, it's all microtransactional and we're yes. all selling at the end of the day so you know if, if, if we've all got this innate ability as human beings to sell then we've all got this innate ability to be able to start a business it's courage I think that is mm. the difference yeah. right and having conviction and belief in yourself and it's like you know right this might be a bit of a downer but It's like you said exactly right in those last we all die alone and in those last moments when you got those final thoughts to yourself do you want to be the person that's like filled with regret or do you want to be the person that's like do you know what I did the best that I could
2: it's it's funny when you mentioned about who's going to stock you your corner shop, and I think this shows a lot about mindset. And for me, there was nothing wrong with my local corner shop stocking yeah, we our gin because it for me it was a start. Yeah. Whereas other people might have seen that, and I know, and actually it was said as a curse, but I never saw it as a curse because it's a starting point, like anything. And we will build on that, and it's honest foundations that we're laying. But we were blown away with how we but, but but
1: but. You it never bothered you. It they wound me up like there's yeah. no tomorrow. They really knows, got to you. Oh, uh, anyone who knows me properly, that that kind of stuff will just spur me on. And I really wanted to prove to them, uh, I, we can do better than the corner shop. But my fail, my fallback, hey, I'm happy to go into that corner shop. It means someone likes yeah. it, and uh, we just had the most. It, it was just a chance meeting that was arranged for uh, Harvey Nichols. So the distiller who initially made it for us, they had a a meeting uh, over some of the projects and uh, he calls me up and he's like, Bruce, um, so we've got this meeting with Harvey Nichols, do you want me to take your gin along? Now, just to build an image, we had one bottle, we had liquid for one bottle and we had one label that went to our inkjet printer at home. So if it got wet, it looked like he's crying. It was Blue <laughs> Peter style, double-sided <laughs> sticky tape on. Yeah. I tried to make sure it was straight. Brilliant. I looked at Prime, i thought I'm, like, oh, I'm going to give him this. And she's like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You are not giving Harvey the cause of Blue Peter project. Uh, it's embarrassing. And I was like, but we never had this on the radar. What's the worst that's going go to happen? You've control? got the
0: opportunity right in front of you. Do you give it a shot?
1: And that was it And I just said to the guys hey, hey got Take the bottle I've got it for you I went down there to their place Gave it in the bottle And then um, The day of the meeting Was oh my gosh Nerves or what So we came we, we couldn't even go home
2: we, we went knew he's meeting at five o'clock. Crystal Palace. We were in I still Crystal remember palace. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We had the corner table of pizza at the palace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're just looking at our phone. Looking at our phone. Is he going to ring? Half in, five, in meeting, Quarter ring? to six. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> it's like a more exciting version of location, location,
1: location. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of felt well A lot of it's probably filmed around there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Phil pops in. Um, no, we were sat there and um, around about five to six. And I never get why he did it the way that he did it. So the guy who disclosed for us who went to the meeting he calls me up whilst on the scooter and bearing in mind he doesn't have hands free so he's talking to me and all I was <laughs> I don't know what you're saying and all I got out of the conversation was um, they're interested they really like it wow so they might take an order I was like oh you're kidding me what and he was like but don't get excited it was like this double backhanded compliment they like it uh, but calm down they might only take one or two bottles I got mate before you called me it was never going to be Harvey Nichols so can you just do me one favour and he said what's that I said can you introduce me like do an email intro to the buyer and um, I was glad that he did because I then sent him as anyone knows me a very long waffling email and uh, just to see did he like it what do you want to do let's have a conversation let's at least meet and um, he said yeah we like it Uh, we'll take an order I think it was like a dozen bottles so I was middle finger to the guy he said do I take two and I thought yeah you can always push further and then I said can we meet for a coffee and we'll come over to you wherever you want and he picked like a random time like three o'clock on a Wednesday in Chiswick in Chiswick right next to the head because I was thinking well I can get out of work early because I start my contract early in the day I'm a contract I can can come up with something Yeah. I said just say you're sick (laughs) Lunchtime, you had something dodgy just go home and we met up at um, it was the uh, Costa Coffee in, the, in Chiswick uh, near the headquarters and in my mind I'm trying to picture what does a head buy for Harvey Nichols look like gotta be suited and booty, three piece the works This guy gotta look like he just came out the menswear section of the formal attire um, and the most hipster guy came in that you would not believe very quiet tall guy um, went upstairs sat down he just didn't talk and I can imagine still, someone
0: like you guys not really being able to deal with that initially No, oh
1: dear lord <laughs> yeah, he's just, okay, if he's not going to talk we'll talk on his behalf so we just kept talking at him 35 minutes straight and then all he did is he stopped looked at his watch and they did the gun salute like, got a meeting, great to meet you, catch you later and those finger point I was thinking, never in my life has that ever been a good thing so when he left we looked at each other and we thought, morons we just talked ourselves out of Harvey Nichols. How the hell is that possible? We went home and...
0: Because they always say um, in, in a negotiation that the person talking is <laughs> like, the one who's at a disadvantage or doesn't hold the power. It's the one who does the least talking that holds all the power. However. But.
1: But. As we were walking home, we did think, well, that corner shop, I'm going to hit him tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's the bottom Let's of my road. Let's just do all our contingencies, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. right? I said, get, get things into place. Um, that following morning, I started work at seven. And about nine-ish in the morning, get an email. And he's such a git. Because as he wrote, he said, Hi, Bruce, great to meet you. It was a lovely chat, but... And he put some spaces in the email. So who the uh, hell put spaces in an email? No
0: like, in an you're email. building
1: drama in an email. Oh, first of all, well done because they did build it up. And then, as I scroll down, he's like, "You want to cancel the order? Oh, can we increase it?" to 78 bottles and can we be your exclusive stockist to launch your product and can you make sure that you hit every single store but please 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 finish the product first <laughs> 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 and was oh, like, that's I was multiple. like what the heck and this was, is like the yeah. best
0: episode of The Apprentice
1: ever <laughs> 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 it felt like The Apprentice it was just like and, and literally that's how it started so a think it was October, I think it was something like 27th of October 2016 we officially launched in Knightsbridge. The plan that Harvey Nichols set us was you have to hit every single store before Christmas start at Knightsbridge and end at Knightsbridge yeah. in the week leading up to Christmas and we never knew like to be nationally launched by them is quite rare especially for a gym because gym was exploding. you normally have to prove yourself store by store. But we must have done something, right? Because he's like, no, you're hitting every single store. Every time you land at each city, you launch it that day.
0: I guess the other thing as well is when you think about... I'm trying to think of gin brands now. So Hendrix I now know because I obviously must have drank a ton of it at this party a few weeks ago. Uh, then you got the Bombay Sapphire Gin, whatever. Um, but then, you know, if you're looking at gins in harvey nicks or wherever supermarket to to suddenly see a bottle black and white with a pair of spectacles on that says crazy gin on it it's got to capture your interest out of everything else because everything else is very uh what's the word you know gin is one of those um those those drinks that has got quite strong associations with colonialism and so on right and that era of I was going to say Victorian Britain but it's not really is it I don't know actually I don't know my history <laughs> I, I was never interested in history at school my teacher said you're not interested in this are you and I was like it's all stuff that happened before I was born why would I be bothered about it um but then you got your branding which does stand out amongst all that kind of traditional boring stuff so I could see why they maybe got excited about oh. what you guys are doing and then plus I'm guessing in that 35 minute like not pausing for breath talking, <laughs> talking, talking at him you were telling him
1: your story hmm. and I, th- I think it's it always comes back down to when over po- uh, I'm sure people have listened over the lockdown, a million podcasts about business and everything and the key thing that always comes back in pretty much every business entrepreneurial talk that's out there is authenticity Yeah, and we, we kept saying it literally, it might sound weird it's us in a bottle And I think that's what he liked because he's like, this is taking you through a journey as opposed to saying, oh, well, this is just distilled with this, this and this, and it's from this part of the country. Our flavour
2: profile is very different because we never set out to make a gin or to make a drink. It was never about it needs to hit this. This was taking someone on a journey. And food and drink was so integral. I grew up with not much money. And I remember i might i never wore designer clothes i didn't go on fancy holidays but one thing i never went without was a decent meal on the table my mom made sure every single day i was fed well so food and drink just means so much to me and the drink for us not only is the flavor unique it's representative of us it packs a punch you're not going to find anything else like it but it was designed to bring people together it's not a drink for you to sit there and have shots it's a drink for you to either enjoy on your own or to enjoy with friends and family with food so even when the, we had decided on the final version of the gin, I remember asking my mom to make a lamb curry and we went to the bar that it was <laughs> yes, made and I was like can you heat this up because I needed to make sure that whatever was made it went with food and then we took that bottle home and you made fajitas yeah. You, you made taco, you made so many different dishes and it was like yeah. does it go with food because for us food and drink it's about bringing people together and that's it's more than a bottle of gin it's yeah. way more than a bottle of gin and one, yeah. the, one of the
1: greatest compliments I think we've ever had and it it still sends a shiver down my spine it's um, we became friends with um, the head chef of a three Michelin star restaurant I won't say which one but when He's become such a good friend of ours that we, 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 we were chatting and uh, I said to him, do you actually like, uh, what, what what gets you about our gym, what do you like about it? He said, do you know what, whether I've had a good day or the shitties of shitty days, he said, I come home and I will have your drink because it make me feel good. I didn't get smashed on Bombay Sapphire. (laughs) I was like, do you know what? That's the greatest compliment because Bert's wearing Bombay Sapphire. But he goes, I want this as something to appreciate.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's the special stuff. And
1: I was thinking, oh my God, you, three Michelin stars. And that's what you categorize us as. I was thinking, wow, can you get a better compliment than that? When it's chefs who really inspired us. So I was like, you always associate a chef with a, being able to taste, have a good palate. Yeah. Mm. But someone with a good palate say, now nah, do you know what? I, I, I have this because my special treat. If it's a great day or a bad day, to celebrate or to make myself feel better, I'll start with yours, just have one, and then get smashed on something else. And uh, yes, yeah, so I think that's a massive compliment to it.
0: Wow. So it's like now I'm, I'm not even actually thinking about your product as gin at all. Because it, cause the story is so powerful. So I'm thinking about all of that. And now I really want to take that journey now. <laughs>
1: well, so. a, a, an interesting way to think of it is, like Paramjit said, it was never set out to be a gin. Now, in 2016, you had to categorize your spirit. But the thing
0: is, you didn't start from a gin anyway. You started from Lussie.
1: Yeah, but uh, it was a spirit carrier. So if you think of the spirit groups that you get categories so like your gin, rum, whiskies yeah whiskey vodkas. will be in some then you got vodkas or you got your tequila your mezcal that was coming in at that point you had to be something because the shops wouldn't know where to put you yeah and we would always question that but you had to go along with it with a small brand can't really argue with Harvey Dickers and all these stockers um, no could you make a separate category for me I'm like no I don't think so but then about 2017 about a year or two after us came out the brand that for me has broken all the molds, Empirical Spirits. Used to be the head development chef uh, for Noma. The two uh, guys left Noma and then turned their, uh, made their spirits. And it was not categorized as any uh, traditional category. It's just an alcohol. And their whole thing is we're a flavor company. We care about flavor we haven't done this with this, it's not a gin, it's not this, it's not this, this is something different, just try it. You like it, you like it, you don't, don't drink it. And I thought, wow, but that mindset was never there when we launched. But, well, not mindset, but those kind of things didn't happen then. But for us, it's that thing of, don't always think of this, I don't like gin. We always think of it, just try
2: it. That's what we say when we do our tastings, we say, forget it's a gin, just see it as a drink. and we're honestly not going to be offended if you don't like it just try it do you like the flavor and that's what it comes down to and even with my little one when it's food trying to take that away it's flavor because if we think about mother nature and the pantry a lot of the food we eat around the world is the same everyone has flour everyone has water but Mm -hmm. what we make with that flour and water is gonna vary so much depending on where you're from do does it taste good and that's it's as simple as that does it taste good
0: and if you like it, great. If you don't, buy some more. Fine. And if you don't,
2: <laughs> find something else for you. Yeah. It's like wine. I only got into wine after meeting Bruce. It used to puzzle me. There's so many wines out there. Which one by grape by region? Like which one am I going to like? It's really, takes... really funny
0: because like I had no appreciation for wine whatsoever before I met my wife, and um, you know she generally is not that fussy when it comes to wine. But there's one type of grape, Grenache she cannot stand it if a wine has got the garnacha grape in it she will, she will not touch it she'll spit it out if you oh, wow. don't tell her she just really cannot deal wow. with that but everything else is fine
1: cool right
0: but that's the thing we're all different
1: we'll taste differently not, like, uh, the science just goes back up no two people can ever taste the same because taste isn't just so much about the um, the ingredient it's also about if you're a super taste, if you're not, it's about memory linked to it. So it could take you back to like an ice cream, thinking of being a child no. as growing up. It could be uh, something you had a bad experience with. Never going to have that ever in my life. I used to hate tequila because back in the uni days, it was literally the cheapest tequila you've ever had in your life. Salt and lemon for a reason, uh, <laughs> because it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. The worst hangover in the world. Yeah. I, mean, like, I ain't never drinking tequila again, that's it, I'm done. And then when we launch this gin you're trying new to kiss in actually this stuff is pretty good you know I don't know what I was drinking <laughs> but it's those things that's why.
2: Like- it's just about taste, it, and if you like it, you like it. You know, you'll know if you like something, don't. It's also what you've been subjected to growing up, because there's some ingredients and some foods that you would have eaten that you're going to have fond memories of, and there's some ingredients that are going to be absolutely new to you and you've never had it, and it's how you're going to you're going to take to that as well.
0: Smell comes into it a lot. So we found yes. out when we went to Kitchen Theory, we found us uh, a few months ago now, and Chef uh, Joseph, who. You know, sort of took us up to this mezzanine bit before the main dinner, and it was a sensory, sensory dining experience. But um, he gave us a jelly bean, which we popped into our mouth. But we had a clothes peg first to close the nose. Have you been to? Have you done this? Yes, Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? He's an awesome guy. Like, Like taking the clothes peg off. And do you know what I do now? Whenever I'm tasting anything that's new to me, I hold my nose and then I put it in my mouth and I let it sit there to try and guess kind of what's going on and then once it's been in there for a few seconds then I, then I take my hand off my nose and then I just let the flavour hit me and it's such a great way to experience new flavours for the first time.
1: Well, with, with Joseph, we got to meet him after I became friends with Professor Charles Spence, who uh, is a business partner and does a lot of the science behind what they do. And I remember when I speak to Charles and he gave me all these research papers to look at. And um, the amazing thing was, it was even down to the level of all the taste receptors on our tongue. And how, think of when you eat a chocolate biscuit, which way do you eat it? What side is the chocolate? Chocolate up taste receptors on your tongue so it should be chocolate down and uh, we watch our son when he has a pizza or something he, he eats it like we think why is he eating a pizza upside down but well, actually he's getting that hit of flavour directly on the tongue yeah. so it's interesting but we're all conditioned because we see everybody else
0: that's true because Jaffa Cakes they were saying that we've all been eating Jaffa Cakes wrong for our entire lives because they they are chocolate down orange down sponge up and it, but they never actually explained the fact that that yeah. it's because your tongue's there, right? So you yeah. want to connect. So, uh, McVitie's, if you're listening. <laughs> you can pay these guys to do TED Talks about your products and they'll do it better than any of your guys ever did. Um,
2: but it's interesting, all the people you meet, we've met some absolutely amazing people, like you as well, it's passionate people in their fields. We were invited, If had we not been on this crazy gin journey we would never have gone to the university to do a talk
1: Uh, well not the university at oxford university and it all started from i mean if i take it back a step so i try to thank everybody who put us on this journey and one of the big things that happened along this journey when we're still in the design phase of the of the gin uh, i was watching sunday brunch slightly hungover in bed on a Sunday a theme here. <laughs> yeah. and um, I had on had the TV on and I remember this gentleman came on professor Charles Spence and he had this book called the perfect meal
2: it's about gastrophysics
1: yeah and it's just about oh my god the science behind what uh, we hold the cutlery the weight the vessel that you're eating from, how our brain breaks down the perception of flavours and through colours. And it's like, oh my God, it blew me away. Bought his book instantly, Amazon Prime next day. Boom, here we go. And then when we came to the gym, we used elements of what he was trying to teach. And it's normally for the big multinationals, but what bits can we take to add to our sensory experience? And then uh, after we launched it...
2: So I was just going to say, so those are things such as having the textured paper. Now we have gone to more than two colours on our label, but we've embossed and debossed our label because touch is so important. The dark bottle was there, so when you pour the gin, if you're thinking lusty Gin, you're going to think it's going to be yogurty, it's going to be thick. And if you told someone it's got turmeric in there, you're going to think it's yellow. But it was that surprise element that when you open the bottle and you pour it, you're going to be like, hold on a minute, I don't know get it because it's really got yoghurt in there but the taste is there then it was we wanted a cork on there because of the sound of a cork when it pops then we've got white wax on there and it wasn't just for the texture of the white wax and to represent the yoghurt that's in there but you're going to go through a ritual when you open the bottle just like you open a bottle of champagne and then we wax sealed every single bottle by hand with a stamp. Again, it's the textural feel, so every little thing is thought out to bring it together. And when you meet people like Charles Spence and Chef Joseph Youssef and Steve Keller, you realise there's a whole science to it, but on surface level, you don't even realise. You pick something up and you like, this feels good.
1: Yeah, but totally. I, yeah, And that was just from a book. <laughs> but then what happened was I did reach out to uh, Charles and uh, I said, Hi Professor, uh, you've really inspired me. I'd love to catch up with you if you ever could. He must have thought that was like some sort of business transaction because he wrote back <laughs> a couple of days and he goes, Yes, sounds very interesting. Uh, my day rate is, I won't say how much it was but it made me almost fall off my chair. And uh, I wrote back and I said, no no sorry i didn't mean i want to hire you i should say i want to thank you yeah. I like if you ever run for a beer to be like, whatever uh, listen me you're taking up half my budget for launching guys I, yeah. like, I don't know where this cash came from yeah. um and then i heard nothing and about four months later out of the blue he's like bruce um i'm in oxford on wednesday or friday and i was like oh I'll just say Friday. I didn't check with time. Just said to Pam afterwards, oh, we'll go to Overhampton on the weekend. By the way, we're going to stop off in Oxford. And she's like, why aren't meeting Professor Charles Spence? She goes, well, you could have kind of told me first to check, but the impulsive nature of me. Um, so we went there on the Friday, and it was everything you ever think of as Oxford. We went to the most Oxford of all, all Oxford pubs. They got ties hanging from the ceiling for yeah. whatever ritual. <laughs> and he comes in, and oh my gosh, do you want to get some people off the charts smart? We can't have a conversation because it's really hard to have a conversation i was thinking oh small talk's not working here and i was like charles your book guy came to life it was amazing then we're drinking pints and we're having fun he's telling us about this and, and we thought he's probably just wanted a pint after uni if i'm honest and um about two three months on after that we thought okay well it was nice to have met him uh, he sent an email and it was literally written like Hi Bruce, I'm having a little shindig at the university. Would you like to come and show your bottles, your gin, to a few friends of mine? And I'm always like, what's a shindig mean? Like, five people? (laughs) 25? 30? What? So i oh, what do you mean when shindig What size? Like, who's coming? So it's just a little thing that we've got going on. Probably about 20, 30 people. (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. Um, he says, we'll set up a trestle table for you. So as soon as he starts saying, shindig, trestle table, I'm thinking, was it in like someone's back garden or something? And uh, he sets the date and everything. So me and Paramjit um, took the day off work, loaded up the car with all these booze, and naively, I'm just assuming, like, when I went to uni, it's one big main uni block, isn't it? I didn't realise Oxford is colleges. So it's got
0: loads of different colleges, oh, houses. All over the place. Yep
1: can you imagine stopping off and saying to someone yeah just want to get to the university building which one yeah like a university do you mean the college no not the college the university no the college <laughs> is the university which block I'm like going through my emails this time like, yeah five minutes down the road we're running late and I hate running late so we turn up and Charles meets us and everything and there's a fair few people showcasing things but I saw his brother was doing bread so I thought oh was like some sort of craft thing and then we stopped and turned to our right. Somebody was 3D printing food in front of us.
0: Is it Heston Blumenthal? Uh-huh. No, but oh my God, room. I think
1: he's got the equipment on the 3D printing food. What the hell? Then I turned to the other side. Is a lady showing how fonts change your perception of food and flavor.
0: Oh, uh, wow. OK. I was
1: like, what are we doing in yeah, this room? What are we doing <laughs> And, and then, we then I looked at the down. list. Oh my God, they give us the breakdown of the show. And you got people talking about... It had the world expert for AR, VR. They had Joseph Yusuf going up there talking about perception of... How's it going? What are you doing here? i got Charles. What's going on? Hey, enjoy yourself. Relax. It's fine. Just sit and enjoy it. Just just tell me a story. I love your story. And remember, I like your story. They will like your story. Yeah. And if they don't like your story, you tell me and no, I'll speak to them. I thought, Cool.
2: It was absolutely amazing, Insane. such an eye-opener just to learn about the science of food, flavour, and we just soaked it up, it, it was...
1: Things uh, that you take for granted, where so much science has gone into it, and you're just thinking, oh, it's only that, but no, it's really thought about, yeah. and that's when we met Joseph, Yusuf, and, um, but we came out there and we did, it did take a few days to sink in, it's like, what the hell, we just invited to Oxford Uni. Yeah to some world experts
0: yeah but it really does open up your eyes because you realise that a lot of things that we do take for granted don't just happen by chance no. not just someone kind of knocked up some idea in some bottle and stuck it on a shelf you know what I mean there's yeah. a lot of psychology goes into it and you know that because you're a psych grad Yeah, you know, all the rest of it I mean, you look at my world and clothing yes. or just yeah. you know now I can't stop looking at nature after spending time with Natasha Gupta from Blue Feather Interiors on the last episode and um you know, she says something really, really interesting to me because, I, one thing I get a lot is clients will say, you know, I don't know if I could pull that off, or I don't know if that colour combination works. And you know, Natasha said, because I said to her, how do you look at colours and things when you're looking at interiors for restaurants and things like that? And and she said, you know, I know there's an Instagram post of hers actually. She said, uh, you know, if it works in nature, then it will work in life.
2: Love. Something like that. like
0: that. like that.
2: That's lovely. That's much bigger than all of us. Yeah, so much bigger. I love
0: that. And and so now that's really simplified everything back down to me. So now I just take inspiration from everything that's around me. But then you know it's also things like when we first started our brand, and I, I had a lot of clients that came with me. So they've been used to a way of doing things for the corporate entity I, w- I was with before. And obviously what I wanted to show was the fact that what we're doing has got a lot of love and passion. Like you guys, I'm super inspired by Michelin-style chefs. I've read so many biographies of, of you know, Gordon Ramsay and Pierre White and all those kind of people. And I'm fascinated by the way that kitchens work as well and the way that they construct dishes and so on, which is why you know, I said to uh, Joseph, I said to him, but like if you ever want to hire me as an assistant for a week, I will quite happily stop what I'm doing and drop if you everything need an in.
2: assistant whilst you're assisting him, <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Um, we'll have this little train of assistants. Yes. <laughs> um, and um, so, so I'm always fascinated by that sort of thing. But you know, for me, it's kind of like the first thing I need to give people is my business card. And so, I, I didn't want just any old business card that you could get from some whatever stationer or online jobby or whatever it it had to have some tactile feel to it there had to be texture to it you know the lettering needed to be just raised enough that it stopped people when they took it so it wasn't like they you hand it they take it they take it away it's they go to take it from you and then they stop and you're both holding on to this thing for just a couple seconds before you let go of it and let them because what we do is more about relationships than the clothing is just a byproduct of that. And then it's the same with what you guys do as well because it's like now whenever I drink anything that you guys have produced, it's my connection to you that is gonna be the overriding sensation of that experience.
1: Does any of this make any sense? Right, no, right?
2: Yeah,
1: because it is that thing of it's uh, more than just a conversation, it's more than just a product.
2: It's service. I know yeah. I've now stopped going to certain stores because I just don't like the way I'm spoken to or treated. And now, I think more so now, being setting up our own business, I appreciate independence more than I did before because really you, you, you're waiting for those you know food, drink, independent people to come in and it makes a big difference whereas the Tesco Express down the road it's not going to make that much difference to them but to that independent business it is going to make so much more more difference
0: yeah. I'm so sorry but we've come to the end of part one you had a great time right? I told you you would Part two will be available next week and you want to make sure you don't miss it because Paramjit and Bruce continue their story, but it takes a rather horrible turn. A tale of unexpected and insurmountable odds and powerful lessons in how to overcome them. If you fancy trying some crazy gin, simply search crazy gin or check the show notes for Paramjit and Bruce's links. Don't forget that Tailoring Talk is now on Instagram at Tailoring Talk Podcast. And you know I love feedback, so you can also email the show directly at tailoringtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. You can also click the share button in your player to send the show on to people you know. If you're enjoying Tailoring Talk and feel compelled to throw some change our way and support the show, you can now buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Roberto Revilla. Have a great week.